Wisdom from Above with Dr. Harlan Betts. Hey there, podcast family. It's so good to have you joining me for this podcast. Our goal at Wisdom from Above is to go beyond the reasoning of man to the revelation of God. This fourth season of Wisdom from Above is focused on dangers infiltrating the church. And today's episode is entitled, The Line in the Sand. It was Saturday, March 5, 1836. Mexican General Santa Ana and several thousand Mexican troops had Colonel William Barrett Travis and 189 other men surrounded in their old Spanish mission fort called the Alamo. Defeat was certain. Legend has it that Colonel William Travis drew a line in the sand with his sword and asked his men to choose their fate, surrender and leave the Alamo, or stay with Travis and defend the mission till their death. According to the legend, all but one stepped across the line to join Colonel Travis. That next morning, Santa Ana's forces breached the walls and killed Travis and all 189 defenders of the Alamo. Today on this podcast, I'm drawing a line in the sand. In the last four decades, church leaders have been peppered with Madison Avenue techniques for church growth. Most church conferences were basically church growth conferences. Growing a number is a good thing, but it should not be the main thing. In many of those conferences, polls were highlighted more than scripture. It was all about finding out what people want and giving it to them. Churches sought to make the unbeliever comfortable in the worship service. Some pastors chose to avoid talking about sin and to speak only words of encouragement. People wanted to be entertained, so the messages became entertaining. The music became entertaining. The musicians became entertaining. People want to be successful. So many pastors began proclaiming a therapeutic gospel, focusing on topics like how to be healthy and wealthy, how to be happy and successful, how to find satisfaction and fulfillment, how to be loved and not lonely, and other topics like those. The church was becoming more and more secular. Our culture has moved from a Judeo-Christian ethic to a secular humanistic ethic. We live in a postmodern world that is characterized by skepticism, subjectivism, and relativism. Those three characteristics have impacted the church and Christianity. In line with the postmodern belief in relativism, they reject the concept of absolute truth. In line with postmodern belief in skepticism, they love questions more than answers. In line with the postmodern belief in subjectivism, they've come to value experience over doctrine. Now don't miss this. The foundational issue is the inspiration and inerrancy of the Bible. I want to say, I want to say that again. 
the foundational issue is the inspiration and inerrancy of the Bible. This is a watershed issue. Once a person or a church or a culture moves away from belief in the inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture, there is no standard for truth. Back in 1984, Francis Schaeffer wrote a book entitled The Great Evangelical Disaster. He was almost prophetic as he wrote this book uh, in, in terms of how accurate he was. He said, quote, Here is the great evangelical disaster, the failure of the evangelical world to stand for truth as truth. There's only one word for this, namely accommodation. The evangelical church has accommodated to the world spirit of the age. First, there has been an accommodation on Scripture, so that many who call themselves evangelicals hold to a weakened view of the Bible and no longer affirm the truth of all that the Bible teaches. Truth not only in religious matters, but in the areas of science and history and morality. Second, there has been an accommodation on the issues, with no clear stand being taken even on matters of life and death. End of quote. I believe that Francis Schaeffer was right on target. Instead of using the Word as our guide, we've used the world as our guide, and consequently we have compromised our standards. Instead of having lives characterized by a biblical tone, we have lives characterized by a comfort zone. We try to fit in with the world and be accepted by the world so we can impact the world. But we end up being impacted by the world more than the world is impacted by us. Instead of loving God and confronting worldliness, we're loving the world and compromising godliness. Once we have compromised on Scripture, we have no foundation for our faith. Now, now sadly... Many in the evangelical world have compromised on the Scripture. The first four episodes of Wisdom from Above in this uh, season on the dangers infiltrating the church were dedicated to looking at those who hold progressive or emerging views. The emerging progressives have a deep commitment to present Christianity in a way that makes sense to our postmodern culture. And that's, that's, that's great. But they believe the church needs to continually evolve to keep up with culture and to reach this next generation. And the problem is there's no stopping point to that evolution we discovered the foundational error of progressives and those who think like them is a compromised view of Scripture. Progressives reject the concept of absolute truth and the inerrancy of Scripture. And there are many others who are rejecting this concept of absolute truth and the inerrancy of Scripture in our culture today. I heard a pastor say, if religion conflicts with science, we must side with science. That is a very dangerous approach and view to take because it places 
man's quest for truth in science over God's revelation of truth in the Scripture. We cannot allow man's quest for truth in science to have higher authority than God's revelation of truth in Scripture. If we do, there goes every miracle of the Bible. Progressives believe that the Old Testament God was an angry God and the New Testament God's a loving God. And they, they, they tend to believe that we should therefore detach from the Old Testament and just follow the New Testament. Well, there goes the 39 Old Testament books of the Bible. Progressives also tend to choose Jesus over Paul. They think Paul is sometimes too harsh, too strict, too caustic, and too exclusive. On the other hand, they believe that Jesus is kind and accepting and loving and inclusive. And if you follow that line of thinking, there goes the 13 or 14 Pauline books of the Bible. So you've already given up on 43 of the 66 books of the Bible. And progressives tend to allegorize or spiritualize Scripture rather than taking it in its normal, natural sense. Many progressives tend to allegorize away creation and the virgin birth and the substitutionary atonement of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, and they allegorize or spiritualize away all prophecy. So there goes most of the rest of the Bible all the major prophets and minor prophets and the book of Revelation and other passages with prophetic import. Francis Schaeffer makes this comment. No one, until the past 200 years or so, tried to say, I am a Christian, but at the same time, I believe the Bible is full of errors. As incredible as this would have seemed to Christians in the past, And as incredible as this may seem to Bible-believing Christians today, this is exactly what is happening within the evangelical world. Schaefer goes on to note that while this questioning of the inerrancy and authority of Scripture started 200 years ago, it wasn't until the 1970s and 1980s that it became more widely accepted and promoted. This rejection of the authority of Scripture has undermined the faith proclaimed in evangelical churches and has ripped the foundation out from under this next generation of believers. You see, the the truth of the Bible is a foundational issue. Either the Bible is true, or it's not. Either the Bible is authoritative, or it's not. Either the Bible is true and infallible in everything it says, or it contains errors and is untrustworthy in everything it says. Jesus believed in the truth of the Bible. He said to the Father, Thy word is truth. Quoting again from Francis Schaeffer, The heart of the neo-Orthodox existential theology is that the Bible gives us a quarry out of which to have a religious experience but that the Bible contains mistakes where it touches that which is verifiable, namely history and science. But unhappily, we must say that in some circles, this concept has come into some of that which is called evangelicalism. In short, 
In these circles, the neo-Orthodox existential theology is being taught under the name of evangelicalism. Now, uh, let me unpack that just a little bit in case you didn't quite catch what he was saying. He was saying that this neo-Orthodox view, this existential view that looks at the Scripture simply as a quarry out of which we can discover some some uh, truths or experiences that impact our lives, but that the Bible is not trustworthy in areas of history and science. That kind of thinking has infiltrated evangelical churches. And we're seeing that so much today. Martin Luther once said, If I protest with the loudest voice and clearest explanation every portion of the truth of God except that little point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, I'm not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christ. Where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved. And to be steady on all the battlefront besides is mere flight and disgrace if he flinches at that point. So he's just saying we we can't flinch at the point where our society is fighting. Right now, our society is pushing us away from the inerrancy of Scripture, pushing us towards following just our own experience and rational and our own thinking, pushing us towards sexual immorality and homosexuality, pushing us towards the acceptance of abortion. My dear podcast listeners, we cannot flinch on the inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture. We cannot allow ourselves or our churches to compromise with those who are denying the authority and accuracy of Scripture This is the line in the sand. It separates the true evangelical from those who are evangelical in name only. If we claim to be evangelical, but we're giving up on all these areas that our culture is going against the Scripture, we've lost our evangelical foundation. The foundation is the Bible. The Bible is inspired by God. The Bible is true and infallible in everything it says, including areas of science and history and morality. The Bible is our final authority for what we believe and how we behave. Now let me kind of lay out to you uh, how this is impacting our culture and our churches. When people move away from the inspiration and authority of the Bible, they begin to follow man's inner feelings instead of God's inspired truth. Second, when people move away from belief that the Bible is accurate and authoritative, they begin to follow man's evolving science rather than God's unchanging truth. Third, when people move away from belief that the Bible is sufficient they begin to follow the reasoning of man rather than the revelation of God. Fourth, when people move away from belief that the Bible is up to date for all ages, they begin to dismiss any verses they don't like by simply saying they were for a different time. 
And fifth, when people move away from a recognition of absolute truth, they yield to moral relativism, subjective experiences, and individual claims of truth. So my podcast friends, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Will you surrender belief in the truth of the Bible? Or will you step across the line and join me in affirming the truth of the Bible, the inerrancy of the Bible? Now some of you are asking, well, how has this rejection of the Bible as absolute truth infiltrated the local church? And that's, a, that's a great question. And I'm going to seek to answer that question in our next podcast, where we will look at seven dangers infiltrating the church because of compromising on the Scripture. Thank you for carving out the time to join me in this passionate quest for truth on Wisdom from Above. I hope you're finding these podcasts helpful. I wanted to share more in this podcast on the, the line in the sand, but we'll do that this next week. By the way, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me at harlanbetts at gmail.com. This is Dr. Harlan Betts, wishing you a great week and God's blessings. I look forward to meeting with you again this next week on Wisdom from Above.